Good morning. Thank you, Gloria, for that beautiful piano solo. It was a blessing. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer? Father, we're conscious of the fact that it's not me who is speaking. It's through, it's your word that comes through, Lord. We want it to come through loudly and clearly. We want you to speak to us, Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to right where we're sitting today, right where our lives are at, right what we're going through. We pray that you'll bring the message that you want us to hear. And please hide me behind the cross, Lord, that you will be glorified and that we will honor your name. And so we pray that the Holy Spirit will work among us and do great things. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're going to tell the story today of the fruitless fern. When I was down at Koinonia, we used to have to do watering. And we had to water the ferns. You remember that? <laughs> we had to water the ferns. And they can be kind of finicky, and you have to give them a certain amount of light, and not too much light, not too much dark. You've got to give them just the right amount of water, or they can be kind of finicky. Well, every member of the family was puzzled because there was a mystery why this fern wasn't growing. It seemed like it was sulking. It seemed like it was purposefully refusing to grow and put out new stems on its branches. Now, they'd been very careful when they transplanted the fern so that it, they would transplant it just right so it wouldn't interfere with the plant at all. But still, all that they did to care for this plant, it was not growing one bit. It was taking up space, and it was, uh, it was an awkward, ugly-looking fern in a mockingly large flower pot. So imagine, large flower pot, it has the fern in it that's not growing. But then arrived a guest who was a horticulturist, and he forced a wire down underneath the plant and around the plant and discovered and diagnosed the problem at once. The plant had been set in stiff clay, and this had become so packed down and so hard that the plant wasn't able to grow. So then they reset it in loose soil, and that ferns started to take off and grow like you wouldn't believe. And even the flower of God's own planting cannot find root in a heart that's clocked with the cares and pleasures of this life. You know, God wants us to grow this year. He wants us to grow spiritually this year. He wants us to make progress for Him this year. And there could be things that are interfering with that growth process. Like the fern, once you had diagnosed the problem, the horticulturist knew what to do, and he did it, and that fern started to flourish. God wants you to flourish where you're planted. He wants me to flourish where I'm planted. He wants me to be a blessing. And so in order to be fruitful and to be useful for the master, we have to trust him and obey him. He provides us with the nourishment that we can grow and be a blessing to others. I remember when our dear brother Thompson first came to our church and how blessed we were when Dave and, and Pauline came and, and he would get up and share from the word here on Sunday morning at the Breaking of Bread service. And I was thinking to myself then and, and over the time since they've been here, how much wisdom this dear brother has how much experience he has, how much knowledge he has of God and his word. You know, older people today are pretty much relegated to a, 
a second-class citizenship in our country. Uh, people today are put out because they're older workers, and they can hire new ones in their place and pay them less. And so older people are, are pretty much tossed aside in our society today. But as Christians, we should be thankful for them because they provide us with so many blessings. And God wants us to grow this year, every day of our lives. And the title of our message today is Growing Forward. Not going forward, we do have to do that too, but growing forward. God doesn't want us to grow sideways or crooked or backwards. He wants us to grow forward for Him. He wants us to move forward, to grow and to please Him more and more. Our text today is 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, which is one of my favorite verses in Peter's writings where he says, it's actually 2 Peter 3.18, sorry, 2 Peter 3.18. He'll put it up. But it says this, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. He wants us to grow, and he knows what he needs to bring into our lives to bring growth. There's going to be some trials that go along with it. There's going to be some difficult times that go along with it. There's going to be some things that are going to be hard to experience this year, but he wants us to grow. And we seem to grow better and more through tribulation and trials than we do when things are easy and going well. And that's why God brings these things into our lives. A lot of people are talking this time of year about goals. I have a goal. I want to do this. I have a goal. I want to do that. I have a goal. I want to do the other thing. Well, I thought there's a good acronym for goals in our spiritual life, and it's G-O-A-L-S, and it stands for this. God's opportunities always lead straight ahead. God's opportunities always lead straight ahead. He doesn't want us to turn to the left. He doesn't want us to turn to the right. He wants us to go straight ahead for Him, keep our eyes on the prize, keep our eyes on the Lord, and not be distracted by all these things that are happening in the world. You know, I think we watch so much television, so many news programs, cable network programs. I think we get so bogged down with what's happening in our country and around the world that it gets us off our spiritual track. It gets us discouraged and thinking, wow, this is bad things happening. And there are bad things happening. But as Christians, we should be focusing on what God wants us to do, which is to grow in Him and serve Him more and more this year, 2019. And there are three things that we'd like to speak about today. And they all rhyme together very nicely. So hopefully it'll help us to remember them. Number one is there are things this year that we need to attain. Number two, there are things this year that we need to maintain. And number three, there are things this year we need to regain. So attain, maintain, and regain. It's a growth process, and sometimes growth is difficult and painful, but it always is good when it's growth in the Lord. We should never be satisfied with where we are spiritually. You notice when you go in for your yearly performance review, if you're out in the workforce, 
The, uh, the boss always tells you the good things you've been doing, Alan, you've been doing a good job in this and this and this, but we still need to work on this over here, right? And so we never like to really hear about the this over here. We like the good things here. But we do have to grow. And we're not going to grow if we don't work on the things that God wants us to work on. And maybe he's speaking to our hearts about maybe something that needs to be put out of our lives or something we need to do for him that we haven't done before. And we've been putting it off and putting it off and not listening to the Lord. And we're not going to grow fully until we surrender and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I want to attain what you want me to do this year. A man named Alexander Smelly said once, 10,000 saints are ready to testify that their periods of the most rapid and unmistakable spiritual growth have been in their times of trouble. The winter accomplishes more than the summer for the soul's development and advance. The valley of weeping is a well of living waters and the barren heights a dewy and pleasant field. And grace prepares trial. The grace of our Savior, we heard about it at the breaking of bread today, our leader, our lover, he has been in the cold and frost before us, and he will care for us in the winter times of our lives. It made his heart bleed, it slew him outright, and through his wise and tender tuition, he will instruct us, brace us, and ripen us into his own likeness. Did you ever stop to think that the goal that the Lord has for you and for me is to be like Christ? That's a pretty high standard, to be like Christ. We're never going to be fully like him, though, until we are in his presence, and it says we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. But we should be growing. One of the, my favorite commercials for the car companies is Lexus, because what they say is Lexus the pursuit of perfection. I like that. Now, nobody can be perfect this side of heaven. We'll never be perfect. But it's the pursuit of perfection. It's the pursuit of God's will in our lives, wanting to do what he wants us to do, and he'll give us the grace to do it with his help. The poet once said, we're building every day in a good or evil way, and the structure as it grows will our utmost self disclose. Till in every arch and line all our faults and failings shine, it may grow a castle grand of a wreck upon the sand. Do you ask what building this that can show both pain and bliss, that can be both dark and fair? Lo, its name is character. Build it well, whate'er you do. Build it straight and strong and build it clean and high and broad. Build it for the eye of God. You know, God can see our lives right into our hearts and where we're at this morning. And he wants us to grow. He wants us to move forward. He wants us to grow forward this year and not be content, not to be satisfied with where we're at. Because if we are, we'll never grow. And he wants us to grow. He doesn't want us to be like that fruitless fern that wasn't growing. He wants us to be like that luxurious fern that did start to grow. The question is today is, am I growing in my spiritual life? Am I growing? Peter says, 
And it's a commandment. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever and ever. And when Jesus spoke of the four soils, remember there were four of them, and the seed would go out, and one of them fell on the, on the road, and the devil came along, snatched away the seed. Another fell on the thorns, another fell in the rocky places, and finally the fourth one is the only one that was fruitful. It fell on the good ground. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 13 and verse 23, but he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. He who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And I was thinking about this yesterday. He mentions three different ones, a hundredfold, sixty, and thirty. I think there are some Christians that say, well, thirty is good enough. I think it's okay. I can go to church and I'll be a Christian and and I'll, I'll go to the meetings, I'll carry my Bible, and 30's good, 30's good. And then there are others who say, no, I, I think I'll go a little further. I'll be involved a little more. I'll be 60. I'll be 60-fold growth. I'll, I'll produce the 60. But then there are those Christians who said, 60 is not enough. 30 is not enough. Jesus deserves my best. He deserves everything I have. He saved me. He gave me eternal life. I have heaven in front of me. I want to produce for him 100-fold. That's a huge amount of growth, and that's a huge amount to please the Lord. And I said, I want to be a 100-fold Christian. Don't you? Don't you want to be a 100-fold Christian? So that one day when he gives us those crowns in heaven, we can present them before the Lord Jesus Christ at his feet and say, Lord, it's all to your glory. We sang that hymn this morning at the breaking of bread. It's so beautiful. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son who yielded his life an atonement for sin and opened the life gate that all go, may go in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Yes, he has given us a wonderful life. Not just a good life. He has given us a wonderful life. And he wants us to use that life to be fruitful, to be productive, to grow, and to be more like him every day of our lives. The question is, are we producing that kind of fruit? Are we producing that kind of life that is pleasing to the Lord? We can look sometimes good on the outside, but God sees us on the inside as well. When Paul was speaking to the Philippians in chapter 3 and verses 12 to 16, he was talking about his desire and what he is laying hold of for, for this. And it's a perfect verse and passage for this new year about attaining. Paul writing to the Philippians says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but on that I lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before. And as I said, growing forward. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. Therefore let as many, therefore let us as many as mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. 
And then verse 16, Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. God wants us to grow. He wants us to attain. He wants us to achieve. Another word for attain is to achieve it, to accomplish it. If God gives us something to do, we want to finish it, not with a half-hearted effort, but with the full force of our effort. The hymn writer said, Just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea, daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. We had a number of Christians here yesterday, as I mentioned before. I haven't seen them in many years, and it's amazing how we change on the outside and things like that. We look different and everything, but we shouldn't be the same as we were before. We should be growing. We should be different. We should be transformed by the power of the Lord, and that's so very important. So number one point this morning is to attain. What does God want me to attain this year? What does he want me to do for him this year? How can I grow more this year? That's the goal. Number two is to maintain, because not everything in our lives needs to be thrown out and say, well, it's not good, because there are things that we are doing that is good, and we need to maintain those things, and we need to walk with the Lord. And Paul said to, to Titus, his protege, in Titus chapter 3 and verse 8, he said this, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. And there are things that we need to do this year to maintain it. Like in our analogy of Alan before his boss, he's already complimented him on three different things. You're doing this great and this great and this great but you need to work on this. Well, if Alan just throws aside those other things and doesn't do them anymore and just works on this, well, he's now lost out on the other three, so the next year, the boss is going to say, well, you're doing good on this one, but you've got this one, this one, and this one that you're not. So we have to maintain those good things that we are doing. And if we're reading God's Word every day, keep reading it. If we're praying every day, keep praying. If we're witnessing to others, keep witnessing. These are things that we need to maintain this year. If we've been faithful in coming to church, keep coming to church. If we've been giving to the Lord generously and faithfully, keep giving generously and faithfully. There are things that we need to attain, but there's also things that we need to maintain. And one thing about Ed Broom, he maintains this building. And if you really think about it, this building looks brand new to me. When you come in in the morning, I come in in the morning, you look around, everything looks new. It looks like we, we moved in. We maintain it very well. And Ed is in charge of that. He's the building facilities director. And in order to keep it up, there's a lot of money involved and there's a lot of people involved, a lot of time involved to do it. And the same thing is true of our spiritual lives. It's not going to work if we don't maintain it. You know, if you say, well, I feel okay, I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't need to see a doctor, right, Rudy? That's okay, right? I mean, I don't really need to go. I feel fine. Well, I could have something going on in me, and I didn't go in to get it checked out with a doctor. Well, it's going to happen is I'm going to have a problem, and who do I have to blame? The doctor? 
no, no, me, because I didn't go to the doctor. And so we need to go to the doctor to maintain our physical health. We need to go to the great physician, our Lord Jesus Christ, to maintain our spiritual health so that we can have a good progress report from him. Also in Titus 3 and verse 14, it says this, and let our people also learn to maintain good works, to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. You know, if God has laid upon you on your heart to meet some urgent needs, you need to do it. God speaks to us sometimes and tells us what he wants us to do and we need to listen, otherwise we'll be unfruitful and he wants us to be fruitful. And I think sometimes in our Christian lives we can become complacent. Sometimes we can become a little bit lazy. Sometimes we can lack a little motivation. Remember last year when the Warriors were going for their second championship in a row there, they were, or a second championship overall? They were uh, a little bit lethargic in some of the games. They lacked a little bit of intensity. They lacked it. They didn't always play very well. And some of the games this year, too, they kind of played down to the competition. And, but wait till playoff time starts. Somehow they have a switch. I don't know what, how they do it, but they flip the switch off the regular season, kind of go through the games, play the game, to this intense defensive-oriented machine that just beats everybody. Well, we shouldn't be like that in our Christian lives, so we have to flip on a switch. We should be consistent. We should be obedient. We should be faithful. And we should not be those who lack motivation because we should be seeking to please the Lord. So there are things that we need to maintain in our lives. I know I spoke on this a number of, quite a long time back about the tortoise and the hare. And today I'm just going to focus on the tortoise. The tortoise won the race. Why? Because he was faster than the hare? No, he was much slower. Why did he win the race? Because he made slow, steady progress. And you know those tortoises, they're not fast at all, and they have their legs, and they have the shell to protect them, and they're walking along like this, like this. And so the hare says, this isn't even a race. I mean, I can beat this guy with my eyes closed. I can maybe tie one hand behind my back. I don't even need that. I can beat him. So he just took off. And remember, he took off so fast and got way ahead. He says, you know, I'm a little sleepy. I think I'm going to sit down under this nice shady tree and take a nap. And, and then uh, I'll, have, I'll wake up in plenty of time because I'm so far ahead. So he did. And he fell asleep into a nice deep sleep. And by the time he woke up, he saw the tortoise nearing the finish line with his slow, steady progress. And then he ran as fast as he could run, and he was fast. But as fast as he was, he could not catch the tortoise because the tortoise just crossed the finish line in first place. So what did that make Mr. Hare? It didn't make him happy, but it made him finish in second place, or really we can say last place. And there are a lot of Christians like that today. They grow so fast in the beginning. They put forth all the effort and, and put it into it. And then all of a sudden, they kind of slacken off. The Lord would rather us be like the tortoise. Slow, steady progress. Not like this hare who goes out here and then there and all over the place. God wants us to be consistent. He wants us to maintain our, our spiritual progress every day of our lives. And there are things that we need to maintain, 
and we need to, things that we need to attain as well. And third, there are things that we need to regain. Now, when you hear about the word regain, what that means is you had it before, but you don't have it anymore. Regain means you're gaining it back again. You're getting it back again. You're going back to where it should have been in the first place. The Bible speaks of four words that all speak of the, with, start with the word are that speak of regaining. Number one is repent. Number two is renew. Number three is return. And number four is restore. And God sometimes communicates to us, he needs us to get back to where we were before. So there are things to, to attain, and there are things to maintain, and then there are things to regain. We have to get back to where we once were before. Now, I, was, uh, I made the misstatement the other day, and I was pointed out to this by a dear brother, when I talked about the 360-degree uh, turn and change, and a dear brother reminded me, if you turn 360 degrees, you're going to go where? Right back the wrong way you're going before. So I said, forgive me, you're right. I, that's right, I made that mistake. It's a 180-degree turn. That's what God wants us to make. Because we're going this way, and he wants us to go the other way. That's called repentance. It's a simple term to remember this doctrine of repentance. And in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 19, it says this, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, therefore be zealous and repent. He's speaking to the believers there, and he wants us to repent. And to renew is to go back to doing what we were doing before that was good, that somehow we got sidetracked, we got detoured, we got off course, and we need to get back. In Lamentations 3.21, it says, Turn us back to you, O Lord, and, and we will be restored. Renew our days as of old. Yes, to repent and to return and to be renewed. And the other one is to be restored. God wants to restore us. And in Psalm 80 and verse 3, it says, Restore us, O God, Cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. And when you think about restoration, who do you think of? First thing in the Bible, restoration, Peter. Peter. Peter had denied the Lord how many times? Once? No. Twice? No. Three times he denied the Lord. And you know he felt bad about it because he said he went out and he wept bitterly. Well, when the Lord was there on the seashore and he was talking to the disciples, he couldn't let that pass without restoring Peter. He had to forgive him and restore him, and that's exactly what he did. And when you look at the old Peter and what was happening, and then the new Peter in the book of Acts when he preached the gospel to all those people, and all those people were saved, what a transformation, because God restored this man. He didn't say, well, Peter, you blew it, sorry. I can't use you anymore. He never does that. He loves us too much. He wants to use us, but he wants us to repent and get back right and to regain that ground that we lost uh, through our spiritual lives. And it's not easy to repent. It's not easy to return. It's not easy to be renewed and restored, but it is so very important in our lives. He wants to change us. He wants to mold us. He wants to grow us in our spiritual lives. And I read an interesting story here of man. It said, by his sovereign grace, God can 
bring good out of our failures and even out of our sins. Do you believe that? I believe that. Even out of our failures, God can bring good from it. That's what he did with Peter. Out of his failure in denying him, he brought good from it and very good. J. Stewart Holden tells of an old Scottish mansion close to where his little summer house was located. The walls of one room were filled with sketches made by different distinguished artists. The practice began after a pitcher of soda water had spilled on the freshly decorated wall and left an unsightly stain. At the time, a noted artist by the name of Lord Landseer was a guest in the house. One day, when the family went out to the moors, he stayed behind, and with a few masterful strokes of a piece of charcoal, the ugly spot became the outline of a beautiful waterfall, bordered by trees and wildlife. He turned that disfigured wall into one of the most successful depictions of highland life. And that's what God has done, too. We sing that song sometimes, something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he made something beautiful out of my life. Do you know God wants to make something beautiful out of your life? He wants to make something beautiful out of my life. So what does he do? He turns it from, he turns it from ashes into beauty. He turns it into deserts, into streams in the desert. He turns it into progress and growth and beauty out of something that started off so poorly. And we can thank God that this year God wants to make something beautiful out of our lives. He really does. And he will, if we're willing. But sometimes we've let the devil uh, affect us. We've let the world affect us. We've let our own flesh affect us. We haven't grown. We haven't matured. We haven't uh, pleased him as we should. And we have to repent of it. So to sum up, we see three things this morning. God wants us, number one, to attain. And he has goals for us. And where he wants us to go, what he wants us to do, and we have to attain it. And with his help, we can do it. We can never use the excuse as, I can't do it. Because God gives us the gifts. We heard that at the breaking of bread by our dear brother Adam this morning. He gives us these gifts. He gives us these blessings. And secondly, there are things that we need to maintain. Maybe we haven't maintained our spiritual lives. Maybe things are, are, there's some weeds growing that need to be taken out. And you know, those weeds don't get shorter. They get taller and they get growing. And you notice whenever you see a house with a lot of weeds on it, it's probably under foreclosure, and they're gonna, the bank is trying to sell it, and, and until they sell it, uh, nobody's living in the house, and it's just the weeds grow, and sometimes the city will come along, and they'll tag it, and they'll fine them for it, and they have to hire somebody to, to chop the weeds down. Well, we need to take out the weeds. We need to take out the things that are hindering us and causing us problems. And we need to maintain what God wants us to do and what we have been doing well in. And then we need to regain. We need to let God restore us and renew us and make beauty out of the things that maybe we messed up on. So if we do these three things, attain, maintain, and regain, it'll be a good year. 2019 will be a good year if we remember that the goal of this year is to grow 
to, and to grow forward. Not sideways, not backwards, but straight ahead. We're going to have bumps in the road. We're going to have trials. We're going to have difficulties. But that tests our faith. That tests our spiritual lives to see how far we've gone, how far we've come, how far we still have to go. And a lot of times we'll, we'll see, boy, I thought I was further along than I am. But this tested me and really spoke to me. May God help us. Shall we just look to the Lord in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this year ahead of us. We're only on the 13th day today. We pray that you'll be with us each and every day, day by day. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us to attain what you want us to attain this year, that we'll do those things that are pleasing to you, that we'll progress and grow and, uh, spiritually in our lives and serve you more and more. We thank you for our dear brother, Paul, who said the other day that he has a desire to serve you more. And that should be all of our desires, Lord, to serve you more, to grow in you more, to please you more. Help us to maintain those things that we're doing well and to keep going on, on them. And help us to regain the ground we've lost so that we can be victorious and fruitful and profitable Christians, Lord. We just thank you and praise you for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen.